The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Our wonderful guest today is going to be Sophie Burnham, otherwise known as the Angel Lady. And she comes to the show today to talk to us about one of her favorite topics in the title of her latest book, The Art of Intuition. We're going to learn today from one of the world's most profound mystics, how to cultivate our inner wisdom. Sophie's an award-winning playwright, novelist, and nonfiction writer. Three of her books appeared on the New York Times and other bestseller lists, and her work has been translated into 22 languages. She's published articles in such prestigious magazines as Esquire, New York, The New Yorker, New York Times, Town and Country, and many others. She's an international speaker who's appeared frequently on TV and radio, including Oprah, Larry King Live, Good Morning America, Today, CBS Morning News, and others. She's a psychic, intuitive, a healer, and a spiritual director currently living in Washington, D.C., so you're going to not want to miss this show. Stay tuned for the whole thing because she's got the goods. Welcome, Sophie, to our show today. So glad to have you. Andrea, I'm honored. Thank you so much. Oh, I love having you here. Uh, I've been reading your work for many years and I'm very pleased that you've been able to take of your time to, to be with us today to talk to us about intuition. Well, it really is my privilege. I'm, I'm so glad you've got your program. <laughs> yes, really me too. Good. I might add that in that long list of places where I sold my magazine articles, none of them were about this alternative lifestyle of of healing and mysticism and the spiritual dimension. Hmm. It's really interesting. In those days, at least, the magazine shied away from it so profoundly that even... The idea of such a thing sent shivers of terror down the editor's back. (laughs) So my work in those magazines was really about the kind of things those magazines publish, and they were my training manuals and my teaching guides. They taught me how to write. Wonderful. Yes, it was wonderful. Yeah, you learn something from everywhere you go, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we absolutely. do. We all do, don't we? Yeah, we, we do. do. Whether we want to or not, sometimes we just have to get hit by a two by four. But yes, we do. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, what you've written in this beautiful book, The Art of Intuition. One of the things you talk about in there is uh, the word mystical, and you talk about people having mystical experiences, and so that so many of us have had them. So, can you explain what you mean by the word mystical and what it is to have a mystical experience? Well, the word itself, of course, is related to the word mystery. And it, 
and I think of it as being related to mist, although it isn't. And it is those moments which I think everybody has sometime in their life, those moments when we pierce the veil of this physical world and can see into other dimensions. We call it the spiritual, but nobody knows quite what spiritual means either. And we call it mystical, but what they, what they bring us is a sense of awe and wonder and a sense when you are looking with the spiritual eye or the mystical eye that you have been graced. You've been given a great gift. It is not your goodness that did it. It was not your brilliance and perspicacity that got you here, but an absolute grace of God that opened the gateways, as it were, and allowed you for a brief moment to see the other side, to see what is more than the merely the physical dimension that we live in, usually. Sometimes these experiences are so frail and fragile that they're like a silk scarf brushing across your cheek. You hardly know that something ruffled you. They're so frail that you don't even know anything happened, and you look back and say, whoa, I'm really different from five years ago. And sometimes, but sometimes, they come like a clap of thunder, and you are brought into a different place. The Bible, of course, is full of such experiences in which people try desperately to express what happened to them. And the real problem with it is that we don't have words for this knowledge, and so we use the physical words, and especially words related to light and warmth and fire and love. But it transcends everything. After you have had a spiritual experience or a mystical experience, you don't go back to being who you were. I don't know if you know my book, Andrea, The Ecstatic Journey. Yes, I wrote a whole book about mysticism and what happens when you have a mystical experience and what happens to you afterwards because it's sometimes very difficult. Sometimes you feel you're going crazy, and you are. You are because you're seeing with two eyes, as it were. Anyway, once you have one of these experiences, all sorts of strange psychic things happen to you and you have to integrate that. You might have healing touch. You might have the ability to see into the future or have sudden psychic experiences. You know who's calling you on the telephone. You think of someone and the next thing that happens is that you meet them on the street. Or you think of someone and discover that... um, Something terrible has happened, and you had anticipated it in some emotional way. Mm, Something's happened to my son. Something has happened to my father. These are all little spiritual experiences. We dip into this other dimension. Right, right. So 
So I guess sometimes it's possible to have a series of those before we really wake up to to the waking up, to the, to, to be aware of what we're aware of. <laughs> is, is that possible? I think it certainly is. I think that after you have had one, you feel that you were walking dead earlier, mm-hmm. that you did not see fully. I think that children have mystical experiences all the time, but we neither ask our children about them nor give them the language to speak about it. Or dismiss it when they tell us about it. Or when we tell us about it, we don't know quite what to do with the information sometimes. And, of course, these are very private and very holy experiences. I know people who went to their pastor of their church to tell about the spiritual experience that they had and would be blown off. Don't tell anyone, they would say, or Mrs. Smith, you really have to be very careful. Are you on your antidepressants? <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, right, yeah, these, right. are, these are the ministers of our church who are supposed to lead us to this, this other dimension, this fullness of life. And I think uh, it's gotten a lot better in recent years. But yeah. 30 years ago, it was not accepted at all. And it's still not in 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 many circles, but it's it's much better than it was. You're right. That's and it's and much some of the than it was. And mind you, I am not talking about speaking in tongues, right? Or handling snakes. I'm not talking about that kind of thing at all. I'm talking about the moments when you're having an utter anxiety attack. You don't know what's going on, and suddenly you feel a great calm come over you. Oh, everything's going to be all right, you say. Mm-hmm. I use the metaphor of angels. I say, ah, brushed by an angel's wing. Yes, and they always say, don't be afraid. And they always say, we're taking care of it. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. This, that's a spiritual experience which is so easily dismissed that it's only once you have many, many of them, as you mentioned, Andrea, that you begin to notice that the world is not working the way you had thought it was, not working the way we're taught in our scientifically oriented and often agnostic, atheist way, that the world is supposed to work. All sorts of little miracles are happening, and they're coming out in our favor and this is very disorienting. <laughs> Could it be? Could it actually be that there is such a thing as a force of the universe that's on my side that wants more for me than I could possibly imagine? Yeah. Yeah, beautifully said. So, so beautifully said, yes. I don't want to go on too long here. Yeah, so what, okay, that's the mystical experience. So uh, uh, just in a few, we have a few, four or five minutes before the break. Can you tell us a little bit about intuition? What does that mean? What is, what is intuition? Intuition is uh, just as fragile a thing as the spiritual experience can be. It's where you, again, you have this little tap on the shoulder that says, go here, don't go there. And we've all had, we've all said, I knew I shouldn't have gone down that road and I didn't listen. Mm -hmm. Now, women have it more than men, but 
I think in my experience, it's because men are afraid to use the word intuition, or many men are, and they'll say, I just had a gut feeling, I had a hunch. They won't call it an intuition. And you rarely hear of women saying, I had a gut feeling. And the reason is because so frequently men get their intuitions with a physical sensation in the gut. But women can have them in all kinds of ways. You have goosebumps, uh, a, a, a sudden chill. You have it with a certain knowing. Sometimes it comes as an external voice. It can be so powerful that it's a voice from somewhere saying something. And this can be very frightening and disorienting. In my book, The Art of Intuition, I talk about a man in California. He was in Hawaii at the time. He was a photographer for the National Geographic, and he could not find a publisher for his photographs. He's walking on the beach in Hawaii, and he heard an external voice, although there's no one around him anywhere nearby, and the voice said, call so-and-so. Well, he'd never heard of so-and-so, and he went back home to his, where his sister, his, to his sister's house in Hawaii, that is, and he asked his sister, have you ever heard of so-and-so? And she said, oh, yes, he is the um, head and publisher of such-and-such such a press in Washington State, and he sent his photographs there, and they published it. Wow. I heard this story not from him, but from the publisher. <laughs> wow. And wow. so that's a very exaggerated intuition. That is the intuition that makes you believe that this is really a spiritual experience and not just myself talking to myself, not just my higher self talking to myself. In the art of intuition, it is my contention that we are all expressions of the divine and we have within us and of uh, being able to feel the future to know what we don't have any reason to know yeah so the myst- so the intuition actually puts us in touch with the mystical i'm so sorry i didn't catch that would you say it again yes i will uh, so the intuition puts us in touch with the mystical it does okay. I think it does okay all right so that's yeah that's that's a good so so what we know now is that when from this perspective what intuition does is put us in touch with that deeper part of ourselves that is connected to whatever we would call the divine that's exactly right yeah. Andrea I have to say one other thing about it intuition is not intuition if it's wrong yes yeah <laughs> Sometimes I agree. you get an impression you follow it, and it was exactly the wrong thing. So then you must ask yourself, was my intuition off? Was I being asked to learn a lesson by making this mistake? Was I not being aware enough of the discerning parts that are required in intuition? If intuition tells you to murder your mother-in-law... It is not a true intuition, mm-hmm. and neither is it a true angel. 
Right. Because it is always on your side. It will always lead you to the best and harmonious outcome. Right. Right. So it's not, yeah. And, and, you know, you, you said that so well that we need to look further because, you know, it, it could be related to fear or anger or some emotion and we can contrive things in our minds. I certainly have worked with people who told themselves they were in love with somebody and married them and then found out that no, they weren't in love with that person at all. So the mind can be very tricky. It can uh, be very, very tricky. That's exactly right. But, The other question, we're always searching for meaning in our lives. And this question of discernment is extremely important. You have to find out, how does my intuition come to me? It may not come to you the way it comes to everybody else. You may have a different signal. Um, It comes to one person as the roiling gut, and it comes to another person as a simple knowing and it comes to a third person with goosebumps, and it comes to a fourth person with some other signal, generally a physical signal of some sort. Right, right. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break in just a minute now, and uh, we're going to come back and learn more from uh, Sophie Burnham, the author of The Art of Intuition, and learn more about how it is that we are can mm-hmm. begin to develop or discover our intuitive abilities. So you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned for more from The Authentic Living Show and Sophie Burnham. Right back after this. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel. By tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porosik and Christine McIver, you'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. The 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship, NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following, holistic theology offering as terminal degrees both a Th.D. and a Ph.D., holistic ministries, holistic health and spiritual care, metaphysical spirituality, and alternate spiritual traditions, which includes in-depth studies of the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student at AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. This is not just another spiritual diploma mill. AIHT is a real educational program where you'll get real learning experiences in a broad spectrum of educational endeavors, utilizing as your text writing teachers, Spiritual experts from all over the world, including Sophie Burnham. Are you willing to invest a 250 down payment and pay $150 a month toward manifesting your dream? Your dream is our mission. Want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Pick up the phone now and call 800-650-4325 to learn how you can make your dreams for a degree that will make your career dreams come true. And we're talking today to Sophie Burnham, author of The Art of Intuition and many other wonderful books. Uh, she's been known in the past as the Angel Lady and has written novels as well as articles. And we are very, very blessed to have her with us today. So we've been talking previously about what the word mystical means and what a mystical experience is and what intuition is and is not. And so we're going to talk now a little bit about what it is to develop uh, or discover your intuition. Because, uh, Sophie, you said in the book that some people are just naturals. They just come here with it and they know it from an early time. And, and But the rest of us have been sort of taught not to know it and uh, we have to pick it back up. So what are some of the methods that people can use to develop or discover their intuition? I think um, it's important to mention also that according to the Myers-Briggs test, some people have very, very highly developed intuition and other people relate to the world sensorily instead Mm -hmm. of intuitively. Mm -hmm. And according to the Myers-Briggs, what we're supposed to do is to integrate all of these 16 ways of seeing and relating to the world so that we all have all of the aspects. A very highly intuitive person must learn to be more thinking and and sensing and 
So the way to develop intuition, if you're one of the great practical people and not a natural intuitive, is by listening. It requires deep listening. And the first listening is to your own soul, to your inner sense. What am I feeling today? What am I aware of? We walk around, many of us, without having the faintest idea what we are feeling, what the emotion is, what the physical sensation is. We just blunder through our lives. And so this deep listening is very important. To have it, you have to have stillness, both outer stillness and inner stillness. And this is, of course, why so many people who are on the spiritual path go on retreats or go to a mountaintop, or have a hermitage somewhere, or join a monastery. They need the silence away from the frenzy of the external world and the radio and the television and the computer and the people yattering about what the latest news is so that they can hear what's actually going on, so that they could hear if they were finely tuned enough the rumble of the rocks (laughs) and not in an earthquake but I mean just the the singing of the stars the rumble of the rocks and what the trees are saying to us when you get to that state of course you know everything this is called a state of meditation and it is also created not only by stillness and silence and meditation, but by the desire to have it. If you don't desire to be in touch and to develop your inner intuition, your inner wisdom, then you won't make the first steps to do it. But if you truly want it, then you must ask for it. And this asking is a form of prayer. So that's the best that I can do. And this form of prayer is a kind of bowing down in awe and gratitude and wonder at the beauty around us. And the more that we do that, the more silent we become, the more inner stillness, the more we will be able to hear. Now, this does not mean, I really have to say, that you never have an anxiety attack or that you don't get angry, of course you do, because we're human beings. But those things interfere with intuition. Mm -hmm. And um, feelings of vengeance, of I'm not good enough, the little inner voices that tell us that um, things are bad, the paralyzing anxiety attack, the jealousy anguish, worry, all of those things get in the way of our intuition and this is why it's so important sometimes just to go away, take a walk, play a piece of music, be still. Yeah, because it seems to me, Sophie, that all of those things have um, have their own guidance system. Each one of those things, when I'm angry, my anger wants me to do something with it and my intuition may want me to do something entirely different. And yeah. and one of the things Carl Jung talked about was holding the tension between the two mm-hmm. so that we could get clarity, so that the anger begins to speak from intuition instead of just anger. Or being patient, 
just being aware, I am really angry. I don't have to do anything about it at all. I just have to sit here and realize that I'm angry. And in a few moments, you'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so frequently what we do is we lash out. And yeah. we live in a culture of violence anyway, so we're kind of taught, express your anger. Mm-hmm. That's nonsense. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes yeah. going to war is not the best thing to do. Right. And ex- and anger has other expressions if we can go down beneath it to find out why we're angry. I mean, we can I mean, generally it's fear or something like that that's pushing the anger to oh, it's you know, always come forth. fear. Yeah. Fear yeah. is always at the bottom of it all. But yeah. you know, the other part of that Yes, I've forgotten what I was going to say. Never mind. No, that's okay. That's all right. I do that all the time. So, okay. Uh, you talk also in the book about how creativity and intuition work together. So, can you say a little bit about that? Why do I they think work that together? Every artist and writer and musician is aware sometimes of being taken over by some presence, some force, by a muse, we call it. And in that state, when the muse has taken you over, you are creating things that are so deep you don't even know you know them and you come out of this space and think, how in the world did I say that? Look at this. Mm -hmm. And we feel as if it is not I who did it, but another hand. And that's this inner wisdom. I think intuition is our... It's the wisdom of our inner soul. It's the true self. And it's also, since we are spiritual beings living in a physical body, it's also the spiritual aspect of us hooking up with something even greater. Well, the creativity, if you can develop this or allow the intuition, it's not a matter so much of developing it but as being aware and and accepting and encouraging it, the creativity that comes out naturally is just amazing because a healthy person is creative, cannot help being creative. We think of creativity as only relating to writing or music or painting or watercolors, but I'm using it in the widest way, cooking, weeding the garden, creating a garden, building a house, um, designing designing the colors of your living room. These are creative, creative endeavors. And sometimes we're amazed at what happens. You suddenly find yourself driving across town, you don't know why, and you end up in a particular fabric store that you never even noticed before, go in, and there's exactly what you needed. That's a form of this intuition, which, I, again, I keep thinking that we're being manipulated by a higher guiding hand. I have had so many experiences like this that I come to accept them with laughter now and delight. But yes, yes. The intuition and creativity are sisters. Yes, absolutely. And and would you also say then that because intuition is a part of creativity, 
that if we sit to allow creativity to come in, we are also going to get more in touch with our intuition. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. And I will add on to all that other list of cooking and weeding the garden, raising your children or doing your, the program that you're doing now. It requires a lot of creativity and work mm-hmm. to put this forward. And we don't necessarily encourage, or no, that's not the right word. We don't necessarily compliment ourselves on all the things that we do quietly, intuitively. Mm-hmm. How do we know not to speak to our child at this moment or what to say exactly the right words? And when we do, are we aware enough? It all comes down to being very, very aware. Which brings you, of course, to the term consciousness. <laughs> yes, it does. And that's what is going to be my very next question. So thank you. Yeah, the, what that whole thing, that awareness, that consciousness. When we talk about consciousness, I mean, that's become sort of a global term now. It's sort of even become a, co- a pop term that people are talking about con- raising consciousness and that kind of thing. And, and so many times it's taken on the tenor of, well, this is the right thing to do, so that means you're conscious. But I think maybe you mean something a little different. Can you tell us something about that? I can't tell you anything about that. I have to admit that I don't understand consciousness at all. That's I have a, a deeper sense of understanding mysticism than of consciousness. I talked, I did some research for the Art of Intuition, and one of the people I talked to is Eric Kendall, who is the Nobel Prize laureate scientist, who has spent a lifetime studying sea snails and consciousness. Hmm. And the fact of the matter is, we know nothing about consciousness. We don't have the faintest idea how the brain works. Well, we, no, we have many ideas about how the brain works. That's not really true. It's just that we don't, we haven't got the full picture of it. We know that it works with electrical signals. We know that that you use the entire brain, not only your creative right hemisphere, but the intellectual left hemisphere, and that the electrical currents are moving like water back and forth all over your brain, sweeping back and forth and in and out. But we don't know what consciousness is. What happens when you go to sleep? We have no idea. I had a dream last night that was so amazing. In my dream, I saw a green meadow, and a part of the meadow was covered with the most beautiful purple-blue flowers. That was the whole dream, but it was exquisitely beautiful. The colors brighter than paradise. And... In my dream, I knew I was dreaming, and it occurred to me in my dream that I, that the colors were behind my eyes. They were not, I was not looking at something. (laughs) And I said in my dream, oh, I see color when my eyes are closed. And then I, then I went back to sleep, deeper sleep. Well, that was an intuition, creative, intuitive, creative dream, wasn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it really does put you in touch with what what capacities we have that we are thinking are outside of us, but are actually inside of us. Yeah, and what is happening when we're asleep? Are we conscious? Are we unconscious? Mm -hmm. It's just 
I think I prefer the word awareness because I have more of a feeling about awareness. My consciousness uh, is so scientific. Yes, I, 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 that's, you've said that so well, and I love the fact that you just say, okay, well, I don't know what this is. We don't. You're right. You're absolutely right. But we have just a few minutes, just like maybe two minutes before the break, but can you tell us sort of briefly what you mean when you say awareness then? Let's try that. When I am completely aware, I am in a higher state of being. I am quivering to the beauty and energy of the universe. I am looking at the space between the branches of the trees. I am, rather than at the actual bark... Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm seeing more. I'm seeing more intently. But I'm also hearing more intently. I'm smelling more intently. I have an acute sense that all of my senses are heightened. And because they are, my heart is overflowing with love and overflowing with awe at the mystery of it all, the mystery of being alive, the privilege of being alive, I'm overcome by gratitude. And, and sometimes what I'm aware of is that I am not in that state, but instead am captured by fear. How does the fear express itself? Where is it in my body? How big is it? Is it as, as big as a submarine? Is it as small as a pea pod? And what does it look like? And what color is it? Because we all have the privilege of living in in a body on this planet while we're alive. And we all, therefore, experience all the sensations and emotions and thoughts that everybody else has. And the point is to be really attuned to them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to talk some more about that, that being really attuned right after the break. So you want to stay tuned for more from Sophie Burnham, the uh, the author of the book, The Art of Intuition. We'll be back in just a few more minutes. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you feeling out of control? Are bad relationships, anger, depression, and lifestyle overwhelming you? You can choose to release the belief systems that have kept women stuck for years. Tune in to The Power of an Unstoppable Woman with Dr. Rose Backman as your host. Break free from the genetic beliefs that can cause sabotage. It's time to stand up for who you are and what you believe in, no matter what. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? If you're searching for the answers to these and other spiritual questions, you can look within. And you can tune into The Open Door. 
Our program will expand your awareness of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, offer you practical tools that promote self-mastery and personal freedom, and provide an unerring pathway for graduating from Earth Schoolroom. The Open Door with host Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy is broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 2012 is not to be viewed as a year of doom and gloom. It's merely the beginning of the rest of your life. Our planet is getting ready for this macro shift, and to be fully prepared, you need to make some changes to restore the balance in life. Tune in to Create Your Best Life Ever. What else is possible? With your host, Allison J.K. Every program has a unique roster of guests, healings, and your contributions to help you master this shift through holistic living. Be sure to listen every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at Andrea Matthews LPC.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking to one of the world's most profound mystics of today, uh, Sophie Burnham, author of her latest book, The Art of Intuition, um, best-selling author of, uh, of several other books. And uh, so we were talking about, uh, we've been talking about intuition, how a person can develop it and discover it and how it works with creativity and what we do, do and do not mean by the term consciousness and what it means to be aware. And I said we were going to come back to this idea of of uh, really tuning in and that whole process of tuning in. And you you said something very beautiful, Sophie. You said if we have a desire that that's going to be incremental to our being able to really facilitate our own intuitive abilities. So, um, so many people are afraid of it. So would you say that that fear, how would, how? Uh, let me say it this way, how would we, We've got a fear. Let's say I've got a fear of being intuitive, but I also want to do it. So how might I work with that fear to sort of... Oh, Andrea, I'm so glad you asked that question. What a beautiful question. Okay. The fear is, I think that it's very easy to go off the track here and get involved in psychic practices that are not helpful. And therefore, the fear is really... Wise. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that we need to do in turning in and considering how to do this is that you must practice. We have to practice intuition. So let's say that you have a desire and then you start giving yourself tests. Do I know who's calling on the phone before I pick up the phone? Do I know who's at the doorbell before I answer the door? Do I know what this man is feeling across the room from me in this cocktail party 
And can I go over and test it out? We have to test them always. So practice is one of the ways by which we get attuned uh, to these psychic abilities or healing touch or mediumship or the intuition and to how much we, how far we want to carry it along. Not everyone wants to do healing or medical diagnosis. And, and not everyone should be doing it, but we should all be able to do it. Um, so the desire is terribly important. And then the practicing of tuning in. Now, how do you know that what you're doing is on the right path. Yesterday I was counseling a young woman who happens to have the gift of being able to see spirits. And she's saying, how do I develop this practice? Well, the first thing I told her to do is not do it. What she needs to do now is to practice above all other things the spiritual discipline of turning herself over to God so that when she is doing it later, it will be from the highest possible source. If she starts dabbling in it or playing with it, she can be drawn somehow into into dark places, one could say it like that, that can hinder her development. Mm-hmm. So it's important to understand that we're talking about very serious things here. And yet, if your heart is true, you cannot be harmed by it. There is an absolutely beautiful prayer that we say in the Episcopal Church, and it goes... Um, God, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit that we may worthily love you and something or other magnify thy holy name. Mm-hmm. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. That's what we need to do. And when the thoughts of your heart are really cleansed, you have pure intuition. And then... It's not a matter of playing around with entities or trying to show that you're more superior to someone else because they can't see a ghost. Those are, those are incidental things that come along with the spiritual and mystical. But, and they're gifts, but they're not the important part of the gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And there's yeah. an ethic to doing it also. If you're seeing someone or you have an intuition about someone, you do not walk up to him and say, oh, I've just gotten a message and I want you to know that something wonderful is going to happen to you on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. Unless the person has asked you for a reading or for a psychic intuition, you just shut up and keep it to yourself. <laughs> right, right, and that's it's, it's kind of become to go around pouring it onto people. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's become so popular now in some ways. I mean, there's if you can go on cable, you can see all kinds of paranormal shows and all kinds of shows about, oh, with psychics. Oh, and down me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, because they're so, not doing it from a deeply spiritual place. Yeah, yeah. Some are and some aren't. And, and the difference, I think, is in how we identify with it. It's it, it we like we can identify with anything else. If I'm a ditch digger, I can say I'm a ditch digger, and everywhere I go, I'll be digging ditches. But if I'm, you know, if I if I say I'm a psychic and that's what I do, and I'm everywhere I'm going being psychic, there's no room for me to be anything else but that. And so we lose track of that's when it's so well said. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so well yeah. said. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we don't want to identify with it. We want it to uh, flow through us. We want to be a part of the flow, not not uh, not be uh, trying to yank it around <laughs> the way we want it to go. And the other thing is, you want everybody to know that we all have these abilities. Right. You're supposed to be psychic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We call it psychic. Psychic is a word that means the soul. It's the yes. Greek word for soul. We're supposed to be attuned to our divinity. And when you are, these paranormal experiences come and you give them no weight. Yep. Or you accept them and, uh, and use them as you will. You know, I will go down this path instead of that one because I'm guided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you there? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that whole idea is one in which we are, we are uniting ourselves with the, with the mystical instead of, um, trying to, like I said, yank the mystical into our sphere. That's exactly right. Oh, that's beautifully expressed. Yeah. So. And in the, in the art of intuition, I try really, really hard to make this point. I think that many people may have missed it. Because that book covers all sorts of things from animal communication to mediumship and um, the little tap on the shoulder intuition or, or, you know, the difference between men and women and children. But all through that book, I'm trying to say, this is your divine right, this is your heritage. You don't have to be afraid of it, but you have to use it wisely. This is your inner wisdom. This is the wisdom of the soul, and we're all born with it. Little babies, they're so wise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're yes, just they not are. experienced, but they're so wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not experienced in, in the ways of the earth, but they may be experienced in the ways of other things that we haven't, <laughs> we've forgotten. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'll never forget some of the things that my children did in terms of talking to me about stuff they knew, and I was just like, what? They're our great <laughs> teachers, aren't they? Oh, they are. Amazing. I remember uh, one of my children, um, I asked something about them, telling me who God is. Tell me who God is. And they said, can you hear that water falling? I said, yes. And they said, that's God laughing. That <laughs> was a three-year-old. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, wonderful. I believe it. Totally believe it. Yeah. And at three years old, she was saying, tell me who God is? No, I said, tell me who God is, because I wanted them to oh, tell oh, me oh. instead of me me telling them. And, uh, and uh, yeah, 
said. Oh, uh, that's just lovely. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you described so beautifully the experience of connection with the mystical that that when we are not trying to yank it around, it 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 just flows gently. It's not you know when you described talking about um, how writers and painters and artists are sort of what I call get into that flow where they're just it's sort of coming through you, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. experience is one where it's so gentle and so subtle that you know you're not in charge of it. But if yeah. we're going around saying, I, I can do this, I can do this, then we've identified with it and we're off track. I think when we get the ego involved, we always go wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even our intuitions go wrong at that point. Mm-hmm. It's at that point that the desire of your heart gets in the way of the listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, you think that you're being led in one direction because that's what you want so much. Mm-hmm. And what you want is, oh yes, once again, to be higher than another person or more important or recognized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not about that. Yeah. Yep, it has a bigger purpose. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately. I mean, we'd like it if it were, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, and you've also talked a little bit, and we don't have much time left at all, but uh, we, uh, you've talked a little bit in the book, in the book about um, some principles for how, for how to use intuitive abilities, and I want to tell our listening audience that so they can go buy the book and read about those principles, and you spend some time talking about the ethics of having these kinds of abilities, and so I, I really want to encourage our listening audience to, to, uh, to purchase the book so that they can read about that, because I think that's so very important, part of, just a huge part of being able to allow it instead of to control it. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. I hope everyone will rush out and buy the Art of Intuition. <laughs> yes, yes, because, I mean, this is the, one of the things that I think, like you said, it is a more popular term, and, you know, you, even on the, these detective shows, and, and honestly, one of the ways I practice it is I try to figure out who done it on a murder mystery on TV sometimes, too. So, uh, But, you know, even the detectives on these shows and all that, they're going, I got a gut feeling, and you'll see them do all kinds of things that they wouldn't be able to do if they didn't have that gut feeling. And so it's become this more popular term to think about a gut feeling or intuition, and people talk about things being intuitive or counterintuitive and things like that. So it's it's more popular, but it it's a it's a it's not a tool we use. It uses us. Is that that's pretty true, right? I think that's right. I think, okay. but we can be attuned to it. We yep. can listen for it, and we can place ourselves in a position to have it work for us. Again, that's, that's yeah. another wonderful way of practicing. Your intuition is if you're watching television, think, what is the next line that, that the guy's going to say? Yeah. And wonderful. half the time you'll know what it is. <laughs> That's right. All right, Sophie. Well, un- sad but true, but we have to end the show today. I've loved talking with you, and I'm sure our listening audience is going to get a real uh, blessing out of this. So thank you so much for being a part of this. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about uh, intimacy in relationship and how uh, to build it, what it means and what it doesn't mean. The name of the show is Sex, 
You want to stay tuned for that. (laughs) And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. 